Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The art of losing isn't hard to master. So many things seem filled with the intent to be lost, that their loss is no disaster. That's the opening of a poem called One Art by Elizabeth Bishop. Why are we quoting poetry on today's episode? Because we're talking about losing things, you know, a building here or there, maybe a burial ground. An entire civilization, perhaps? Possibly. I'm in. Excellent. Well, so are we, because that's what this classic episode of Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is about. Woohoo! Oh, man, we, we're going to make lots of good points about how easy it is to actually lose a city. You may not think so, but we're going to make a lot of those good points in this episode. <laughs> No, seriously, we actually, we, we, uh, we learned some pretty cool stuff on this one. Uh, sometimes we're a little bit hesitant to listen back to things from so long ago, but we think this one holds up and we hope you enjoy it as well. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about lost civilizations. Let me ask you a question, Matt. Oh, all right. (laughs) All right, good. I'm glad you're on board. Have you ever lost something? I've lost many things. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's common throughout a lot of human literature and art, uh, this idea of losing things. Everybody Statistically speaking, everybody has at some point lost something. It could be something small like your car keys. It could be something metaphorical. like Yeah, your, one, one time I lost my religion. 
There you go. You know, I was listening to way too much REM, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it happens. I guess that they said it happens. Yeah, and uh, you're you're in the market for a new religion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking around, checking out eBay. Well, one thing that's also weird about human history is that we've lost big things too. We've lost uh, entire civilizations. We've lost entire cities. And you and I have done several video episodes on the nature of lost civilizations, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we have, I believe, two episodes that you can find on our older channel that one day will be uh brought over to our new YouTube channel mm-hmm. and on TestTube. Uh, but we also have a, a fairly new one that we kind of started our new channel out with mm-hmm. about lost cities. Yeah, yeah. That's a two-part episode, mm-hmm. right? You can uh, find all that on YouTube and on TestTube. Mm-hmm. And we've we've talked about this because it's strange when, when you go back into uh, research on history, one thing that's weird that happens is the further back you go, the less stark the line between myth and reality becomes. Uh, so that, for instance, um, if you trace back the origins of Chinese civilization, you quickly run into, well, I say quickly, depends on how fast you're flipping the pages, I guess, mm-hmm. um, you'll run into eventually this area of time wherein the legends are the closest thing to a universal historical record. And when we, us being you know, human beings at large, when we research lost civilizations, uh, what we find is a huge wealth of rumor, legend, misdirection, fable, but we also often find a grain of truth. One thing that really blew the lid off of uh, lost civilizations and launched it from, you know, kind of a speculative pseudoscience, wouldn't it be cool if kind of thing, and made it a real viable, feasible pursuit was the discovery of ancient Troy. Oh, yes. And for uh, for a long time, People thought that Troy, the the city, was either a completely fictional thing or just somewhat loosely based on reality, the same way that a Lifetime show is inspired by true events. But come to find out, that actually is a real place. And it wasn't just a real place. It had, uh, it had layers of different periods in in the civilization's history. Now, we also have other things that may or may not have some sort of basis in fact, and we can't go any further unless we talk about the big A, the most famous of all legendary lost civilizations. Matt Frederick, I'm going to let you intro this one. We have in the left-hand corner, the red corner, Atlantis fighting out of the Pacific or the Atlantic or somewhere. Who knows? We don't know where it exists, but it's there and it's called Atlantis. We know that for sure. Yeah. Perfect intro. And thank you. We know that it's called Atlantis because this guy you may have heard of named Plato, uh, wrote about it and said, yeah, there was this city around 9,000 years before me that, uh, was beyond the pillars of Heracles to the west of Gibraltar. And 
He just had some insider information. Yeah, he had some insider info. Back before insider info was against the law. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me just imagine some finger quotes there on against the law. And uh, according to Plato's story, the people of Atlantis angered Poseidon, uh, sea god, pretty big deal back in the day, and he sank the city. Now, as we know, that's already kind of a um, diplomatic way to say it's kind of an implausible story because no one's proved the existence of Sea gods yet? Well, I, yeah, not yet. We're we're getting better at this. Yeah, sorry, Cthulhu fans. I like Pacific Rim and Lovecraft too, but at this point, there's not too much uh, evidence one way or the other. Now, as we know, people have claimed to find the origin of Atlantis all around the world, in the Caribbean, in the Pacific. In the Atlantic. You'll hear stories all the time, or you'll read stories. Um, you'll find them usually online from, let's say, not the most reputable source. Sure. Talking about a sunken pyramid with some pictures that look to me like they've been photoshopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, and and you, you'll hear about that at least once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we bring up Troy in the beginning is because for a long time, As crazy as it sounds, the city of Troy was put up there right around the same level of plausibility as the city of Atlantis until an archaeologist named Heinrich Schleiman Schleiman, rediscovered it in the 19th century. And hopefully uh, the journalist at the time pronounced his name better than I just did. Sorry, Germany. Um, The key questions here that we're tackling are how likely is it that humanity could lose entire cities or civilizations. And spoiler alert, the answer is incredibly likely. In fact, it's uh, it's fair to say that there could be cities that are extant and known today that could later be lost to just the slow grind of history. And it is frighteningly plausible that there are undiscovered cities uh, right now, or rather lost cities uh, the people who knew who built them probably knew where they were. Um, so, so yeah. um, just when you're as you're talking, I'm just thinking about the the line kind of drawn in the sand for me uh, about how a civilization could be lost is the record keeping techniques of whatever the day. So it it sounds to me as though I don't think there ever will be another lost civilization on Earth because we have so many records throughout the world internationally. We're becoming so globalized. Okay, so we're so interconnected that even, for example, if well, let's just pick an isolated place. Okay, like the Maldives. Mm-hmm. The Maldives are um, an island nation, one of the ones at the most uh, immediate threat mm-hmm. of, I guess, sinking into the ocean with rising sea levels. Mm-hmm. So then the argument would be, well, now that the cost of communication across the world is so cheap, everyone is able to find out that the Maldives exist. It will be known that it existed, Mm -hmm. right? It won't be lost. The structures will be lost. The population will be dispersed, but uh, it will be known that, yes, Maldives really was there. We can Google map it. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. 
It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, 
a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's where I think it gets interesting, too, because I used to be on the same page with you in, okay. that, in that respect. When we say the slow grind of history, though, let's take it out thousands of years because the the error or rather the flaw in this global information system is that it depends upon uh, technology, several different types of technology in order for it to be accessed. So let's just go dystopian, Matt. Let's say oh right. huge nuclear war. The world is up a certain creek without a paddle, you know. All the vault dwellers are are coming out of their vaults. All the vault dwellers are coming out of their vaults and over over the thousands, maybe even millions of years that they've been locked in. Super mutants are roaming in the, the hills. Yeah, they've speciated and they're different uh to the point where they can't even breed together. Um and then they start finding relics and they, they find you know, cast off bits of things that maybe wouldn't have expired, like the ruin, stone ruins, perhaps. Bottles of cola. Right, plastic. And uh, then they start to piece this together and they could rediscover it. What I guess the point we're making is that um, it is much less likely that cities will be lost now, as in forgotten. You know, it's still it's still the same dangerous game when we ask, will cities survive? Because there are any number of natural or even interstellar disasters against which human beings are entirely helpless, entirely helpless. Even the most wealthy people in the world will just be able to use their wealth to GTFO before before it hits the fan. Speaking speaking of wealth and being a factor in the survivability of civilization. Let's talk about something that kind of strings together all of these civilizations and humanity as a whole. Okay. Uh, water. Ah, good. good. And this is, this is something that we discussed in the first episode of Lost Civilizations uh, about how large a factor water played in several civilizations, the Mayan civilization, mm-hmm. uh, the Indus or Harappan uh, civilization, and even Angkor. Yeah. And, and how water was just kind of the underlying problem that they all ended up having to face. And when they faced it, they had to GTFO. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, well, okay. Now, now look at that today. Sure. And let's, let's think about how aquifers are being purchased, mm-hmm. how water is largely being privatized. And, and we even, it's funny, we even mentioned back in 2011 when we made that first episode that it's kind of silly. It's or not silly. We didn't say that. We said it was kind of fanciful to talk about water wars and the you know in the future having a war where water is the main resource that's being fought over. And now with a lot of what we're seeing again with the privatization, mm-hmm. it seems like it may be a real thing that we're going to have to deal with soon. Yeah, and uh, soon is a tricky word there because do we mean soon in the larger context of history or do we mean soon as in within our lifetimes? And in that context, uh, within your lifetime, listener, means it may as well be happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I, I love that you brought up the point about water. So in Angkor Wat, in the Maya and the Harappan civilizations that we talked about in that episode, we try to trace the fall of these civilizations, and there's 
a frighteningly plausible argument that what caused a lot of these civilizations to collapse or these great cities and empires to fall was an ecological disaster. In the case of Angkor Wat, it was a lack of water um, that came about because they simply had a huge population of people, and of course it was an agricultural economy. Um, they, and they had great infrastructure. Yeah, they had aquifers, they had aqueducts. Uh, it just there wasn't enough for mm-hmm. the population. Yeah, and there was an anomalous series of droughts. So they were running on reserves for a while, and then ultimately they couldn't support the people. And the story is similar with these other two civilizations. And we find that in that episode, we find that climate change. Um, let me take a second here. When we say climate change as well, we don't mean the current argument about climate change. We mean that the ecosystem in which these cities were built or founded uh, failed them or changed in a way that in a way that they were not able to adapt to in enough time to survive. And we know that water can do uh, something else to ruin a civilization, which is completely flooded. Uh, Matt, yeah. I don't know if you saw this on Reddit recently, but uh, a new Egyptian city has been <laughs> rediscovered. I did see yeah. this. It was, it's underwater now. Oh, man, it's crazy. They're getting great artifacts, uh, hieroglyphs mm-hmm. that are preserved almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. And we also know that there are numerous underwater features, I guess is the best word to say, uh, like Bimini Road or something, that people have posited might be the work of human beings. It sank under the ground. Another thing, another way we can lose these is uh, through uh, volcanic eruption, like mm-hmm. Pompeii. Yeah, yeah. Volcanic eruptions, even now, can form brand new islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it, it's actually happening. <laughs> you can yeah. search for this. Go to Google and search new uh, volcanic island. Yeah, and what's another thing that's kind of, I guess, I, you know what, I will say, to me, this is a positive note. Okay. Uh, it is true that with the evolving technology that we have, with our increasingly sophisticated means of pulling our own forensic science experiments on the past, we have found that... um we got so much stuff wrong about history. You know, we're finding footprints, human footprints, 4,000 years before they're supposed to be in a place. We're finding human DNA. 400,000 years ago? Yeah, oh, older than it should be. And, yeah. and we're even finding, you know, things that qualify as completely different types of pure hominid groups to human beings, which uh, is... is um a level beyond the Neanderthal. It's, it's, you know, the Denisovans, I believe, are one of them, or the, uh, hotly debated, uh, Homo florensis, um, which would be, if, if this is true, if the most outrageous stuff is true, then they would be a race of little people. Yeah. But and, it just makes yeah. you realize that you, we can't take any of this stuff for granted. You, we ought, we have to be vigilant and constantly searching. And that's why science is really important, guys. Research. Yeah. It's studying the past is just as important as studying the future, in my opinion. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. 
This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I think I, I agree with that. It reminds me of the old William Faulkner quotation where he said the past isn't over. It isn't even past yet. And let's pick up on the point about science, because one thing that you and I ran into when we were doing these episodes uh, was an alarming tendency toward bad science, primarily um, for most of the the most of the span of archaeology, the primary problem in the science has been institutionalized racism. You know, European uh, European forces come to Africa. They find the ruins of ancient civilizations, Great Zimbabwe or so on. And then they say, oh, well, there's no way that native Africans could have built this. Where is the secret lost tribe? Because that makes sense. I don't know. You know. It's so weird to me. We've We've been getting a lot of flack on YouTube in the comments because we discuss we want to discuss that point of institutionalized racism at that time period. Well, in pretty much in the past from this point. Um, and I it's tough for me to kind of swallow that criticism because I understand what people are saying. You know, you playing the racism card is a thing. But unfortunately, this is just a kind of a truth that we need to face at some point. Well, sure. And I, you know, I understand somebody saying that, I, but they're objecting to something different than what we have done in that video, which is the, uh, which is the fact, the concrete historical fact that due to pre-existing notions of how the world or human society should be, a lot of scientists who could have made some great headway, uh, when when their time had come, instead uh, retreated back to their ideologies, and it's kind of like the um, it's kind of like the Holocaust experiment stuff, you know. It's bad science because the guys set out uh, the people who were conducting those experiments set out to reach a predetermined conclusion. Now, I will say, I will say to be absolutely fair that assuming. Um, assuming that there was no great secret to find or there was no lost technology is just as silly as assuming that there had to be um, some, you know, imagine the most unrealistic thing you could see, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, time travelers from the future come back and build the pyramids to found the Masonic order that later builds the time machines in post-apocalyptic earth to send them back to finish the loop. I mean, that's, I'm just kind of riffing on that one, but we do know, we do know that, um, different, different techniques, different, uh, processes that we are using are bearing fruit because lost civilizations and lost cities are being found at an unprecedented rate. And across the world, in South America, in the Near East, um, who knows what's out there in Eurasia or Siberia or places where um, you would have to have a massive amount of funding to uncover something. And to be absolutely fair, again, um, who knows what we will find? I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I am. I am personally thrilled. It brings the Indiana Jones part of me that's hidden deep down in my childhood. It just brings it right to the, the surface. Mm-hmm. 
And when we, let's see, we've touched on a lot of stuff in this one, and um, we don't want to completely ruin the episodes for anyone who hasn't seen them, and you should check them out. Uh, one one thing that we can find, if we want to call this in favor of, you know, the quote-unquote conspiracy theorists versus the quote-unquote skeptics, who are not usually... Ooh, I don't like those two sides, man. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, they're not. They're kind of a false dichotomy, and usually the people who are quote-unquote skeptics are not. Um, the people who often are self-described skeptics are have some preconceived notions. But well, And that's what we found in a lot of our research. It doesn't lie on the outskirts of any issue, really, the, the truth that, that we've been drilling down to. It's usually somewhere near the middle uh, <laughs> on one side or the other. Uh, it's usually right, you know, right near the middle somewhere where it's especially with these lost civilizations, right? There is there's truth to it that we can find and point to. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much left uh, that, let's say, the more imaginative ideas can't be dismissed. Mm-hmm. Ubar, Halike, Shangri-La, the Minoan Empire. These are just th- these are just a few of the examples that you've heard about. Oh, El Dorado, mm-hmm. for instance, um, Ciudad Blanca. What what we are finding shows us clearly that there is a hugely favorable probability that there are undiscovered cities and when we say cities we mean possibly massive cities uh that might be underwater now due to a shift in um landmass or that might be completely covered uh due to some other sort of disaster especially now that we know from that DNA discovery recently that humanity goes back much further than we thought so we need to start looking in places that perhaps have been covered over for 300,000 years. Oh, yeah. Right? What if the ice caps melt and it turns out that there might Atlantis be has been in the South Pole the entire time? It's, I mean, it's crazy to think about and it sounds silly, but... Yeah, well, it's not necessarily silly. It's it's silly if we say that's definitely going to happen, but, yeah. but it is a point of departure. And this is, um, honestly, this is an exciting time to be alive, not just for an archaeologist, uh, but this is an exciting time to be alive for anyone who wants to see how the official narrative of history has been wrong. Yeah, and humanity as a whole. And and the official story of humanity as a whole. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up on that note. We hope that you do check out our four episodes on mm-hmm. Lost Cities uh, everywhere from Angkor Wat to Atlantis and everything between. And we would love to hear your stories and your opinions about these lost cities and on the off chance that you have solid evidence of, uh, something that completely contradicts the historical narrative of, you know, your textbooks and your teachers and the news or whatever. Uh, we, want you to come to us with it we would love to learn more about it and as always we would love to bring it out to the rest of the world so you can find us on facebook where conspiracy stuff you can drop us a line on twitter where we were also in a burst of creativity calling ourselves conspiracy stuff that's true and that's the end of this classic episode if you have any thoughts or questions about this episode You can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STD-WYTK. 
If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.